afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, I hope you've wow, yeah, we're in November right now. I hope you've had a great start to the month, to the new month. Um, I hope all is well with you and yours. Um, and I pray that um, yeah, I hope that um, we're experiencing God and that you know His Word is near, His Word is clear. And that um, God is taking us to a place that is higher and better than where we currently are. And that he's working in us, you know, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And I think that he's taking away everything that is not of him inside our hearts, inside our souls, inside our minds. And replacing it with that which will give us the joy, the comfort, the peace and the strength that we have. And that he's teaching us day by day to set our mind on things above and not live like the children of this world and of this age. And that, you know, he's just making us more like him every day. I pray that, you know, you may we may grow in, you know, in the knowledge of his will, in our work with him, in our appreciation of who he is, what he stands for. And that the word of God will come alive for each and every one of us much, much more than anything else that we see in the natural. And that God will reveal himself personally to each of us in a unique way that touches us, that changes our lives, our perspective, and makes us walk in partnership with him just like he walked with abraham like he walked with isaac like he walked with moses like he walked with daniel like he walked with david like he walked like he walked with the apostles and several other men and women you know since then and that his name will be glorified in our lives and that at that point when we lay down the human body and that we are reunited with him in heaven he will say to each and every one of us well done thou good and faithful servant enter ye into the glory of the lord that shall be our portion all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So today um, we are musing on part two of what we started yesterday, which is teach us to pray. I considered giving it a different title, but when I listened to it again this morning, just a few minutes ago, I realized that, you know what, let's just continue with that. Teach us to pray. We read um, teach us to pray when we looked at the scripture where Jesus the disciples asked Jesus, you know, that he should teach them. He said, Lord, teach us to pray just in the same way that John the Baptist taught his disciples. And then Jesus then went into the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We talked about how that was not just a prayer, but it was Jesus showing the principles of, of prayer. And we mused about a lot of things about Jesus' prayer habits and his lifestyle yesterday. We talked about what we could learn from the Garden of Gethsemane and how you know god showed us that when there's a conflict between or how jesus showed us that when there's a conflict between what we want and what god wants that the you know the the highest consecration is to actually put his will higher than our own will and you know how jesus taught us what it means to to lose your life completely to the point whereby the will of god takes preeminent and you know we just mused about a lot of things on that how jesus separated himself severally before big decisions he would pray how he relied on the father to really help him through the most difficult and dark moments of his life and how god you know showed himself strong in his life as well you know an awesome relationship between god the father and god the son so today we are going to some more scriptures still on that concept of lord teach us to pray thank you for joining me Lord teach us to pray and um, 
the scripture for that is Luke 11 1 to 13 I believe and we read that um, quite extensively yesterday so I'm not going to read that again but I will encourage that if you haven't listened to you know the musing with the part one of this message which is not just to pray just you know like that uh, just before this please listen to that before listening to this one or you can listen to this one and then go back I, it was it was a very awesome music and I think yeah I trust God that he will speak to you as well as you, you know, when you listen to it. So I will just read, this is going to be very free, free flow, it's just really looking at scriptures that Jesus, um, about Jesus, when Jesus prayed while he was on earth and what he, you know, how the relationship between Jesus and prayer. And let's bear in mind again, let's keep reminding ourselves, I think I need to keep reminding myself that this is Jesus, the son of God, because you would expect that since you know when they say the beginning was was God and the word was God, I would have expected that if he's a perfect communion with God, then why does he need to pray? But then I think God he really needs I mean I don't know, it just needs it helps to really just understand that the God's relationship with the Godhead is, is really a relationship. So there is no relationship without fellowship, there's no relationship without conversation, there's no relationship without communion where you know a conversation is had and we share thoughts and if we are working together we're in partnership together you know that sort of there's just a relationship that goes there's a conversation there's a communion there's a joining of minds of spirits of souls of minds and reasoning and and intent that goes along with that so it does make sense when you look at it when i look at it from that perspective it makes sense for jesus to have a very consistent prayer habit because he 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 needs to continue i mean it just makes sense let's just put it that way it makes sense um and i think god was also through that showing us what it means and to walk with god and now that i think about it even moses used to go off into the mountains whenever he was communing with god so there seems to be something about separating yourself physically into quiet places and lonely places when one really wants to hear god it's very so for those of us that live in the cities i think hmm, we, I think we all have to find that quiet place for ourselves. It may be in your house, it may be somewhere else, but that's really something to think about. Yeah, so yeah. Anyways, let me not digress too much. So Luke 22, 32, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. And I think he was talking to Peter here. He was saying, Satan had thoughts to sift you like wheat. This is before his crucifixion. And he says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, once you have, when once you have turned again, you turn and, I mean, then strengthen your brothers. So he was talking about him and the apostles. So Jesus, we see here that Jesus prayed also for the disciples before he left. He, he really prayed for them. He prayed, you know, that, so he prayed specifically for Peter. And we also see some other scriptures that he prayed for the disciples as well. And now I realize that I didn't write some of those scriptures in John 17, the valedictory prayer where he, he prayed, you know, extensively for, you know, not only he said he prayed for the one i'm praying for the people that you have you have given unto me that you know you keep them from the evil one he then said i'm not only for them also i'm also praying for them that will believe through his word through their words and he, he actually said at a point there was actually a scripture in that johnson when he said he's not even praying that this particular prayer he's not praying for the people in the world so he actually made it a prayer for disciples and he used it to cover every believer up to the end of the world because he said he was praying for them specifically he said this one that you have given me and praying that as i'm going you now keep them from the evil one he says i'm i'm not praying for the people in the world though. so he made it so specific he does said, but i'm and i'm praying for them and others who will believe on me through
through their words, including me, Shola, because yes, I have believed on Jesus through the words of the apostles as written in the Bible. So that prayer covers me. So actually, it's something I should have read. Maybe I will still pick it out before we do the closing scripture. Maybe that will, will close with that John 17 prayer or aspects of it. So that was that. So this is again, we're talking about Jesus' prayer habits. He chose to pray. So he prayed, he was specific in his prayers. And, you know, and I think this prayer of the departing, I think is really good. I think, I think, and we saw a lot of the old um, Testament fathers do that as well. Like Joseph before leaving, I think David too did that. That prayer that you pray before you leave the earth or before you leave a place. It's a departing prayer. It's a very, very good prayer to pray because I believe that God really answers that prayer. And, um, and really God did because he kept all the ones that... Jesus prayed for. They were all kept till the end. None of them fell by the wayside, apart from the son of perdition, which I think Jesus made reference to, that that one, we knew what was supposed to happen to that one. But all the eleven, none, everybody kept the faith. Persecution, even to the point of death, the devil tried to get them to recant that, uh, the doctrine of Christ. None of them. So God answered that prayer. So I think that's a very good point to note. Departing prayer, whether it's departing, you know, even if it's your child going to boarding house, that prayer of somebody living, you know, you are living in a space or somebody's living in a space is a very spiritual um, thing and we learn that from Jesus as well because I think, and this is the thing I think there's a difference between the prayer that is prayed on location, on site in the moment, than the prayer that you are praying off site it's not that one is more, you know, it's not to say it's more powerful, but I just think it's different, there seems to be something spiritual about it and definitely if it is a prayer before death, definitely a prayer that is prayed on earth is different from you are no longer here. The Bible says <laughs> because it's the souls of men that are here that really have the right over things on the earth. So those depressing prayers, if they're just really important. I mean, and yeah, there's scriptural reference for that. So Romans 8:34 says, Who is he who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and who also intercedes for us. So even up till now, the Lord Jesus Christ is actually still interceding for us with the Father. And maybe I shouldn't have read that now, because I wanted to read a few more things before I come back to that, but it's good for us to keep that in mind as well. So Jesus had a prayer habit that has not stopped. I think that's the most important thing. So if Jesus is still interceding, praying on our behalf, interceding, interceding, having conversations with God on our behalf. That's prayer now. So we see, okay, so now this is where I'm now going to. So maybe I should have really, because I, because mm, today's music, it seems to be more about Jesus interceding, praying on our behalf and teaching us how to do that as well for other people. Because yesterday it was very much about um, we, we talked about the things that he prayed to strengthen himself and also to enable him to walk in ministry. But this one now was what we're looking at now is mostly the prayers that he prayed as he was leaving or as his ministry was coming to an end. They were a different type of prayer. So again, and that also brings me to another prayer principle that as I'm using now. So prayer should always be relevant. It should be relevant to the moment. And again, this is where religion is different from faith because religion makes you pray the same prayer all the time, regardless of context, which is why honestly I have a problem with prayer books, I'm sorry to say, except if the prayer is real, because if you have, someone is writing, somebody else wrote prayer that are relevant to their own context, then I just carry it and I'm just reading it. I mean, so why is the Holy Spirit there? I believe that the Holy Spirit is there, and that's what Romans 8.26 tells us, so that we can pray, my prayer life can be always relevant 
not just praying for the sake of praying. It's not a religious act. So Jesus, we saw that whenever he, you know he prayed, there were uh, the difference. There was a big difference between the prayers that he prayed when he was ministering before he chose his uh, apostles, when he the prayer that he prayed before ministry. As well as the prayer in the garden. In fact, the prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, it was different from every other prayer that he, he prayed. The way he prayed it, how he prayed it, the condition of his prayer. He prayed, if it be thy will. Whereas in the other prayers, he was not praying, if it be thy will. He knew what God's will was. And there was no conflict. It was a different type of prayer. Okay. So Isaiah 53, 12. So prayer should be always relevant. Yeah, thank you for that one. It sounds like uh, it sounds simple, but it's important to note because I think otherwise we're going to be treating prayer like a chore, and you know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Anyways, so Isaiah fifty-three twelve says, "Therefore I will, I will all of him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors." Yet he himself bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. This is Isaiah's prophecy about Jesus. Like I had said in the musing yesterday that Isaiah, that there was a lot prophesied about the Messiah in Isaiah and in Psalms. And, you know, one major reason why God could not, you know, allow the cup to pass away from Jesus was because all those scriptures needed to be fulfilled. Everything specifically that was said about him by the prophets you know including david it all needed to be fulfilled so it wasn't possible for god to you know let the cup pass from him according to that prayer and so rather he had to allow his will to be done which is what jesus also prayed for so this scripture was saying here that jesus was going to um, pour out himself unto death and he was counted with sinners you know so he numbered with the transgressors like myself whereas what he was doing was he was actually bearing the sins of many of us including me and interceding for people like me who you know had been under the yoke of darkness you know simply because of the sin of adam that passed on to all of us and death spiritual death passed on to every man by that sin as well him being the first man you know so um this tells us that he interceded so jesus stood in the gap his coming his death his resurrection all of that was standing in the gap for the transgressors so Hebrews 7 25 says therefore he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them so Jesus is now so this is it says he ever lives so this tells us that Jesus will forever have the ministry of intercession forever means ever so he ever lives so that is not going to change apparently even in the new heaven and in the new earth that would be interesting to see how that plays out but it just shows that he continues to be the intermediary the mediator between God and man that is not going to change and yeah so he's still talking to God on our behalf uh, up till now so John 14 16 says and that shows that me again what I can also get from that is that prayer is something that we do all the time it's not something in season and out of season it's not something that we waste for a trigger yes there are some things that will happen that will trigger prayer but one just has to have a lifestyle of prayer because you know why would God say Jesus should ever live to make intercession for us that means that god knows that as long as life remains on earth there will always be a need for man to have a connection with god there will always be a need for you know there to be some a way yeah by which man 
God is able to touch man and man is able to touch God. And Jesus is that way, he's that truth and he's that life. So that doesn't that will never change. Even in the new heaven and earth, because God says, you know, that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Wow. He ever lives. Wow, wow, wow. He says he always lives to make intercession for us. Okay, so John 14, 16, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So it was Jesus that prayed to the Holy to God for the gift of the Holy Spirit and so that he can be with us forever. And that's another forever gift that we have. So we know that we have the Holy Spirit not just in this world but in the world to come, which is absolutely awesome. <clears throat> John, <clears throat> John 11, 22 says, Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So this was him now, Jesus now trying to tell us that we should begin to ask God for things, you know. And, you know, he had, and, and that culture of prayer, he was teaching the disciples that they should learn to begin to ask God, you know. So there were things that he said he would ask God, you know, like sending the Holy Spirit. But there were also things that he said to them that you know, they should begin to learn to ask God for that. And he, he portrayed on that in John 16, 26. In fact, throughout John, that was a very strong thing from like, I think, 14, 15, 16. He said, in that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. So he was saying that, you know, up till this point, it's been me that has been asking, but that, you know, very soon. And in that day, I think he was talking about maybe after his, you know, by the time he's gone back to heaven, the Holy Spirit is here and all of that, which is more or less in these days. He says, and in the time of the apostles, after he had, um, he had risen, he says, you will ask in my name. So again, this, in fact, that was something I almost glossed over. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. So I think what Jesus, you know, in the strongest message in this part two of Lord teach us how to pray is the fact that we are to pray in the name of Jesus. And, and that name, I, I think for me, one of my own personal learnings over this period is that praying in the name of Jesus is not a cliche. One has to develop faith in that name and in the power of that name, in the authority of that name. There has to be knowledge about what that name the power that that name carries, what it means, you know, and there has to then be faith in that name for one to be able to pray in it and receive the power that one needs, you know, yeah, yeah. the closer one, in fact, for me to, it's, uh, that's just my personal meaning, and I'm saying that because in Jesus' name has almost become a cliche in Nigeria, particularly in Christian circles, so it, it has to be more that, and of course, we know that in many parts of the world, the name of Jesus is even used like a swear word, so the devil has actually tried to, you know, I don't use that word. He's tried to normalize the word almost to a point of irreverence so that it becomes something. Even here in Nigeria, there's very many things that just say Jesus, you know. So it's not really that they are saying anything. It's just like that. It's almost, you know, that it has become so colloquial. So my personal musing is just that beyond over and above the way in which everybody calls jesus i have to develop faith in that name in the way that jesus to the level that that name everything that is in that name i can exercise the authority in it the same way that jesus or the apostles did while they were on earth that's that's all i have to say because clearly if we all had faith in the name of jesus we would be our world would be different at least when i say our world i mean our own you know we, we would be seeing pockets of believers 
you know doing the same side of the same kind of signs and wonders the same way the, the early church was doing the fact that that is not the case is enough to show that there is an absence of knowledge and faith in the name to the level as it was in the early church that's not to say that there is no knowledge of, of the power in the name but the knowledge and the faith is limited so for me my own personal museum is that may i grow in the faith of that name and that's what jesus was saying here i still see a lot of us believers we keep you know we're still anyway we're still asking god for things that god has already given us you know and not using that authority the way that we should and i'm speaking to myself as well so back to um, Jesus' prayer habit in Mark, first, Mark 1, 35-39, and I'll read this. It says, very early in the morning, while it was dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went up to a solitary place where he prayed. Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, saying, everyone is looking for you. Verse 38, and Jesus replied and said, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogue and driving out demons. So again, now we see Jesus going out to pray very early in the morning while it was dark. So that was before sunrise. So he had many habits. And these are things I think many believers, I think many of us have sort of noted this. So I think Christians, a lot of Christians sort of do this already and people know this. But it's just to also mention and let people know that there's actually scriptural reference for many of these things. I also find it's very good to pray very early before people wake up because everywhere is quiet. You can really hear, you can hear, as in you can hear yourself think, you can hear, you can just hear things, it's easier. For me also, the bathroom works very well, and I think that's also because it's very quiet at that point, you know, the sounds of everywhere, it's just the sound of water, you know, so I can really relate to that Jesus going into the mountain and in the wilderness. Um, I found out that in, whenever I'm in a very, very quiet place, I can actually hear God more. Many times when I do, used to go on business trips in those days at night in the hotels too. I used to, you know, that I used to have those moments. So there's something about separating yourself from the, you know, children crying, you know, somebody's calling you television, you know, all of, you know, there's really something about that. And I think all of us have to find that place of retreat in our homes. You don't know what until when you say, oh, I'm going to this place, going for, no, no, that was, because Jesus found it every day. And I think that's really the message of this Lord to just to pray. Jesus didn't go on a retreat. In between, wherever he was, he found a place to retreat and pray. And you can find it even in the office. I know some people who are very good at doing it in my former office. They'll go to the toilet. Some will go out for a prayer walk. You know, find a place. There's always a place. Anywhere you are, there is a quiet place where you can go. So this is a, it's a really good, but that very early in the morning works pretty well. And like I said, I think a lot of people know this already. So, yeah, so I will close with um, Luke 22 and then try and go through John 17 as well. These are some very significant periods of prayer towards as jesus was leaving so luke 22 39 and this is the garden of gethsemane the luke version that i had said i would read yesterday i promised that yesterday so jesus went out as usual to the mount of olives and the disciples followed him when he came to the place he told them pray that you will not enter into temptation he withdrew a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed 
and he prayed said father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done verse 43 then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him verse 44 and in his anguish he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground now i jumped to the areas where he talked about you know going back and forth and praying three times but i really wanted to focus on those parts that were not explicitly written in matthew 26 which we read yesterday so he did you know like we had read yesterday how he had been with the disciples he left them went to stone straw ahead of them and he prayed came back and said pray that you will not enter into temptation that enter into temptation means that you don't fall to temptation because definitely we all know that the bible says can't it your when you fall into diverse temptation so we know that we jesus knows that we will fall into temptation he himself was tempted of the devil so he knows so he was not saying that they should not that entering doesn't mean enter in the way we um, think about it it actually means that you do not fall to temptation because it's one thing you can enter the temptation but to fall to it is is, the, is actually the problem so and then we see here that you know he prayed if it be thy will you know take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done and then verse 43 which is why i say luke really you know talks about the experience from a human experience so um, luke records that an angel from heaven actually appeared to jesus and strengthened him and then jesus continued in his prayer and in verse 44 then records that in his anguish so jesus was facing anguish of soul and this is why i just love jesus because honestly so that means that anybody that is going through depression grief sorrow whatever it is pain of any kind jesus has been there he knows so you can talk to him about it i think that's another thing that we can learn from this lord teach us to pray jesus understands he knows what it means he knows him he knows he knows he knows what it means to lose someone he knows what it means to also be in a life-threatening situation and i think that's two things so death of someone you love as well as you know loss of your one's own life and in his anguish he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground so you can imagine what was going on through him and i understand that there's actually a medical condition called this so this was really something that we, this was not a figurative word of speech this really really happened he was in very intense anguish of soul anyways so john 17 which is where he now prayed this prayer and i'm just going to close with this just to really just i, I like the john 17 prayer because it shows me that god was thinking of me even when jesus was thinking about me even when he was here on the earth and it wasn't just about the 12 disciples around him or the 70 people that he sent to go and cast out demons you know while he was on earth or the multitudes that you know people he preached to in galilee or the families that he he visited all the people that he prayed for you know it was he saw beyond all of those years even to me you know that song that says crucified laid before this world you know you live to die and you know like a rose trampled on the ground you took the fall you know and you thought of me above all you know it's 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 a very very wonderful song because i think it captures the spirit of what i also sense when i read the scriptures and about why jesus did he did it for me he did it for you he did it for all of us he really really you know he says you took the fall and you thought of me That's the only thing that could have made Jesus go ahead. Honestly, he was he was thinking of me, thinking of you, thinking of I. Otherwise, if he was thinking of himself, he would not have gone ahead and done it because it just wasn't. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not what he would have wanted for himself. But he thought of me, and he took the fall like a rose trampled on the ground. He took the fall. Yeah. So John 17 verse 9, he says, "I pray for them." 
I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine. This is Jesus talking to the Father. I am, and that I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given to me, that they may be one as we are. See that he prayed that we should all be kept and that we should be one in the fellowship of the Father. And he says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou give in those that you give to me, I have kept, and not one of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. This is Jesus also saying, and I didn't even know the scripture was there, but this is Jesus confirming why it is necessary for him to have said this in the world before he departed at all again i say there's a difference between the prayer that is prayed while we are alive and the prayer that you know you try to pray when you are god so please i think we all need to make sure we pray this departing prayer i think is the learning i get from here even if you don't know where you are departing there are certain prayers that as a parent you should have prayed for your children before you shall pray it now if you have not prayed before pray it now because uh, there is a power in those departing prayers i've observed it in scripture so it says um verse sanctified okay so it says they are not of the world and so he now says this is why i like he said i have given them thy word and the world hated them because they are not of the world this is verse 14 even as i am not of the world i i do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil they are not of the world even as i am not of the world sanctify them through thy word through thy truth thy word is truth as thou hast sent them into the world even so have i also sent them into the world and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Wow. Neither pray, neither do I pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through your word, through, through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that you also may be one, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as you and I are one. So, in fact, if I start on this John 17, maybe that would be amusing for a separate day. Maybe John 17 on its own, because I think even knowing, unpacking everything here. So, in the spirit of departing prayers, I think in this John 17, we can get everything that God wants from us as believers everything that jesus expects us to do as people who are working with god as i'm reading it now i'm seeing it i'm seeing it jesus's heart for us you know i mean if i say i'm a christian which is christian follower of christ you know and that person that i'm following is saying before he's leaving he's writing things down this john 17 has it i think we'll do a separate music on that but not today so Lord, teach us to pray. And you know, I again, just like yesterday, I'm, I'm I'm ending the scriptures with just a sense of awe for Jesus and such love, such sacrifice, such consecration. Is ah, Father, thank you for sending him. Oh, thank you. He's a perfect example of what it means. And it says, "Greater love had no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends." It's so true. He continues to be the example of what is good, what is gracious, what is right, what is holy, what is just. It's the standard that we all live up to. And I pray also for, you know, I've, 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 I've read a lot of, I've seen a lot of courage in my country, Nigeria, over these past few weeks. A lot 
just men and women, people who I've, I've, I've seen what I never thought I would see in this country. People who have put their lives on the line to, to save others. I never thought, I didn't know. And I pray for all those who, who, who are of that spirit that God keep them, you know, keep them, keep them. Let them continue to shine as lights even in this generation. For greater love and no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friend. That is what Jesus did. The people that are doing that, that's, that, that, that is a spirit that is not of this world. I pray that you keep them, Lord, so that they can continue to show us what it means to live a life that does not care for oneself but considers the collective good, you know, lives to serve others and is ready to die that others may live a better life. Hallelujah, thank you. Just help us. Those of us in our generation who, you know, those of us that were raised in a more self selfish, ambitious, and self-conscious may help you know, have mercy. Help us. In Jesus' name, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to live a life that is worthy of you in Jesus' name. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a blessed day in Jesus' name. Amen.